millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Your gums and sound the attack. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the Wig of the Chocolates podcast. Uh, in fact, this is episode number 17. Uh, I'm here with Mitch, who actually has his absent at the moment, we'll explain that in a second, but Mitch, how are you? Good, thanks, Lethal. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very, very well. Um, now, we have obviously had a slight change of format here because our episodes were starting to go for upwards of an hour and a half, which we were getting <laughs> plenty of people not really impressed with. Um, we've obviously broken it down into the earlier episode that you heard this week, uh, and this one is going to be a standalone where we just interview a guest. So you're excited for that, aren't you, Mitch? Correct. It is just myself and Skin um, has had a golf day for Queensland Cricket today. He has a broken hand, so he can't play golf, but he is still down the coast, unfortunately. <laughs> he was pretty much just employed as the cameraman. I think his Instagram yeah. feed had every single player's golf swing. Yeah. And some of them were not great, so uh, we look forward to discussing that with him <laughs> at some stage. Uh, but Mitch, tonight we're very, very fortunate, I guess. I, I obviously already know our guest, but um, but you need to be introduced, so I'll read this little introduce, uh, introduction for you. Um, so we're fortunate to be joined by some uh, AFLW royalty, in fact, I'm, I'm Definitely not over-exaggerating there. Um, however, to just leave the introduction there would actually be selling a short for mine uh, because she also played under-20s touch football for Australia. Um, she's a genius on the microphone around the change rooms. You would have seen her a couple of times in your social media. Uh, she's a commentator. She's, been, she's, she's a teacher as well. Uh, so she pretty much is like everything that I try and do in my life but does it better. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty awesome person to have on. Uh, she played for the Brisbane Lions for the first three years of the AFLW competition uh, and has since now signed with St Kilda uh, after there's obviously been an exciting expansion to the league for season 2020. Uh, and I'm hoping that we have Kate McCarthy with us right now. Kate, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Well, Thank you very much for such a lovely introduction, Lee. It's a huge result. Now uh, it probably went for a little bit longer than I'd planned, but um, but that's all right. You deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Kate, you, obviously you haven't met Mitch, but um, but he's also here. He actually hates talking to people, so he's an interesting selection for a podcast. But uh, when he does speak, it's always just faultless and and full of wisdom. So that's why we like to include him, Mitch Solo. <laughs> hey, Kate, how are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Mitch. Man of very few words, are you? Yeah, yeah. Rare, but 
Valuable words. Good oh, <laughs> arrogant. <laughs> well, that's, that's my aim at least. Yeah, I like it, Skin. Perfect. Uh, Kate, thanks so much for being with us. We know you've obviously, uh, we just informed the listeners, you probably heard it, uh, that you have obviously made the move to Melbourne now. Um, I guess we should start with probably your most your most recent stuff. How has the move to Victoria been? Are you settling in well? Do you like it down there? Is it too cold or are you fine? Yeah, so I, um, I actually decided to move sort of right in the middle of July, so... Oh. right in the middle of winter. Um, and the first day that I actually arrived, there was hail. So like kind of like snowy hail. So I wasn't quite sure what I'd got myself into. Um, but I decided to move down a little bit earlier to play some, some VFL footy with the girls um, because down here, a little bit dissimilar to Queensland footy, you play with your AFLW team pretty much all year round. So you play in the AFLW and then you get the luxury of being able to play alongside them for VFL football as well. Um, so... Yeah, it's been really valuable coming down earlier. Uh, the weather has been a little bit questionable, but it's starting to get a lot warmer and a little bit more consistent for Melbourne standards. Um, so, yeah, I've seen lots of people still back home on Instagram that were at the beach sort of August and it was still 28 degrees up there and yeah, suffering and through rainy and 13 and windy days down here. So. That's right. And just to take, yeah. just to take that a little bit further, Kate, um, you, for people that probably don't follow the competition well, that's actually different to Brisbane in that you obviously played for the Lions during the AFLW season, but then you would go out and play for Bond University, wouldn't you? Um, when you played for another club as well, like originally, but that they, all the Lions girls were sort of split amongst those clubs, weren't they? Yeah, so we'd all play for different clubs um, when we went back to play um, in the Q AFLW. So, yeah, we'd all be split up um, and then play sort of against one one another at club level, which is different to down here in Victoria. You play pretty much as St Kilda or as Richmond or the Bulldogs. We play as that team in the VFLW. So it just gives you a really good chance to sort of build on that cohesion and get to know everyone and obviously coming into a new team um, it's been really valuable coming down early and playing alongside them. That's awesome and Kate was the VFL team that like the existing St Kilda VFL team did they already have sort of are they providing a lot of the girls that will play in obviously the new St Kilda team that's going to play in the AFLW uh, for 2020? Uh, yeah so we had um, the chance to sign I think seven or eight from our VFL team um, that hadn't been on a list elsewhere but we also had a lot of girls that played VFL at the Saints the year before and got drafted to other teams. A few got drafted to North Melbourne, so they got picked up through the VFL last year when St Kilda didn't have a team. Um, and they've actually come back to St Kilda um, to play in the AFLW for them. So, yeah, I guess they would have been disappointed last year when they lost a few of their players um, to North Melbourne or to other teams. But they've actually... I guess it speaks volumes to the program. They've come back and, and want to play at St Kilda next year leading into the AFLW. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously they've recruited reasonably well as well because they've certainly got you, which is uh, oh, we know how big of a name you are. Um, and then <laughs> obviously you went down with with another Lions player, Nat Exxon as well. She's down there too. So they've recruited quite well outside of their existing players as well, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I think we've got, I think we ended up with uh, probably, don't quote me on it, but about eight or nine that were already listed players. Um, Kate, the yeah, great thing about this podcast is no one will ever quote you on anything because okay, nothing great. is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, we probably had about 14 players then from other teams <laughs> yeah, that came over, so really boosted the ranks, you know. Um, but, yeah, so we had a few that have already got AFLW experience, which is going to be really valuable in a brand-new team, obviously, doing things the first year round. 
Yeah, right. And uh, Kate, can you just tell us a little bit about the attraction of moving down to St Kilda? I imagine it would have been a, a reasonably difficult decision. Or yeah, so I was pretty much going to re-sign with Brisbane. Um, I had no no issues at the club. Still love the club, um, and they were good enough to sort of give me my first opportunity. Um, and then I hadn't quite signed my contract yet, and St Kilda sort of approached my manager and myself and. They just put together a really good package um, and I'd been wanting to do a little bit more in the media department than I'd already done at Brisbane, but unfortunately there wasn't sort of any space for me to work in that department up here um, and they'd offered me, yeah, so a, a job in the media department a few days a week. Just For me, I do a lot of stuff sort of in front of the camera and a little bit of commentary and things like that, but I wanted to learn more behind the scenes and possibly one day be able to be employed in the department. Um, so... Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a like, I suppose, a traineeship kind of role. I just go in there and they teach me anything that I really want to know. And it's been awesome. And, and that was the main attraction, I suppose, to move down to Victoria. And also, I've, I've lived in Brisbane for 26 years now. And I had sort of wanted to maybe fly the coop and, and get out and see a little bit more of Australia, but never really had the thing that made me do it. Um, and I thought that if I was ever going to do it, it would be now, and I've got an opportunity to do it. So I guess why not? Yeah, right. No, no that's yeah, that's pretty pretty convincing, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I was going <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. We well, not so much Lee, but I've certainly lived in Brisbane my whole life, and we we had a trip down to Melbourne recently, and it's sort of a totally different lifestyle. It was it was pretty awesome. Awesome to see. I think. Yeah, yeah it's just you nice. Can yeah, nice. Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane's such a small town in a way. Yeah. Kind of go everywhere and see people you know every time you go somewhere. So yeah. it's quite refreshing to be somewhere completely new as well. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly in terms of footy, like we we went down there for because obviously we love uh, Aussie rules as well. We we play up here, Kate. So we we're quite passionate. I lived in Adelaide for a while. Where you have to like AFL, otherwise you sort of get outcast socially um and so we, we've kind of found melbourne similar to be you know when we went down there we were like this is unbelievable just how footy mad people are look we went to a carlton game where carlton had one game for about yeah. 16 rounds and that was literally <laughs> packed out and the loudest crowd we've ever heard like people just live for it down there don't they yeah they do it's, it's a whole different i guess ball game to what it is in brisbane um I actually am really excited to see what happens when the women's season starts because obviously I've been here for the men's season now. Um, everyone knows their footy. Everyone's so into it. But, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how the city gets around the, the women's side of things. And if it's if it's bigger than well, it can't be smaller than Brisbane, that's for sure. Um, but if it's, if it's, yeah, a little bit more broadcast than it is there. But, yeah, I'm really excited to be in a town or a city that's so – I guess, passionate about footy as well. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, Kate, I, I saw like on your Instagram page that I just want to ask, is there like a little bit of contact between sort of the, the male side of things and the female side of things at St Kilda? Because I'm pretty sure, I hope I haven't made this up, because that would be a weird dream, but you actually posted like something about uh, the St Kilda coach actually like cooking meals for the girls after their training, like as in... Yeah, no, so we um we were training for VFL um, and the, the boys coach, so Brett Ratton, who's just been a at the end of the season um he and our ceo and also my boss in the comms department um dave o'neill so they the three of them all put on dinner for us um after vfl training because we were still in the finals and, and the boys were out so oh, yeah it was yeah. just it's a really really nice culture there and to have i mean the men's senior coach do something like that for you is it's in a footy club it's sort of i guess to us women who are all new to it and it seems 
a little bit overwhelming at times. It's it speaks volumes about how much they care about the women at this club. My oath. I mean, we even we play like Div Two reserves, and our coach, the only thing he gives us is sprays. Definitely not dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd be pretty happy with a dinner if we were so yeah. on a Thursday night. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. throw a few snags on the barbie. It, yeah. it doesn't take that much, does it, you know? No, exactly. I might pass that message on, I think, from you, Kate. <laughs> have a bit more weight coming from someone that can actually play the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell him it's all about the culture and it'll it'll really shine through on field. That's right. It's a big big word, the culture. I like that. <laughs> um, and, Kate, so just what, what does sort of your daily schedule now look like? I guess like a, that's obviously a really, really exciting opportunity to go down. And, um, and you have like – you've done a bit of radio in the past as well like obviously some boundary line commentary so you have like clearly uh got an interest in that particular area so is that something that like day to day that you can get in around your training and and go and build on that yeah so i'm i guess day to day it just sort of depends on the day of the week but at the moment it's um i'll be working in at the club uh one uh one day a week so yeah pretty much learning all about the media side of things, um, learning how to podcast, learning how to do all sorts of things and produce things. Um, and we, then we can show you that if you want. Yeah, you, you can show me the ropes for that. Yeah, it's an absolute gun. <laughs> you'll be, you'll actually probably know by the end of this episode exactly how to podcast. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I guess if I'm not in at the club, then I'll either get called in to do a little bit of casual relief teaching down here. So there's a couple of schools that I go to um, once or twice a week just basically for a little bit extra money um, because we're not sort of paid anything that's like a full-time salary yet. Um, and then the days that I don't work, I'll be um, I'll go to the gym in the morning at the club and then go for a run in the afternoon um, and just be able to do or take a little bit more time when I do those things. Um and then we have a full like indoor basketball court that we have lots of skills things on. So I'll go and do a little bit of touch and kicking and hand passing and stuff like that. Um, but it's nice to, I guess, not be working full time like I was up in Brisbane um, to feel a little bit more like a part time athlete and a part time worker more so than a full time worker. And then try to do training around work as well. So yeah. I think just for little things like recovery and, and extra skills and things it's been really valuable as well absolutely and i guess especially when you get like in season then that would be almost impossible to to keep a full-time job uh at the same time as still trying to attend every training session and and recover between games and stuff i would have thought wouldn't it yeah especially teaching i mean with teaching you'd know you don't really like leave the school even when you're not there um there's, there's still so many things to do and you always know what is coming the next day so you know what you need to prepare for you know what needs to be done and if you don't do it, it's like really hard as a job to sort of get through properly and not be completely stressed out the whole time. So whilst it's sort of the hours that we train are all outside of hours, so you can still work if you have a good boss that lets you, I guess, leave a little bit earlier and arrive a little bit later. Um, but <laughs> There's not yeah. many bosses out there. <laughs> so not many bosses at all. So, yeah, I guess it's just nice to not have the stress. Like financially, it's a little bit stressful, but I guess being able to, I guess, yeah, do extras in the gym, out on the field and things like that is is a big plus. Yeah, absolutely. And then also you get things like you got to interview the the new draftees of the club the other day. We got to see that video, which was awesome. So there's a bit of short-term pain financially, but surely that's a long-term ambition that's going to work for you there, Kate. Yeah, definitely. So I guess 
another plus of being down here is that the VFL is on TV and there's just footy all the time every weekend here. I remember when I was commentating last season for Triple M, we had about, I think, a month and a half where there was no football in Brisbane or the Gold Coast. That's between the two teams. Um, and that just would not happen in Melbourne. There's, I guess, five-day break, four-day breaks between games here. Um, so, yeah, just a whole other world of opportunity and being able to maybe do some broadcast on the VFL and, and things like that because they are telecast. There's just way more opportunity in the media space down in Melbourne. Yeah, that's so fair. Yeah, no, that's awesome to see. Um, and, Kate, we've already touched on the, the sort of the addition of the, the few new teams into the competition uh, next season, which is which is awesome to see. I wanted to ask if you've noticed any other sort of big changes in the competition over the over the three years that you've played there. I mean, if you've noticed sort of I the definitely, standard improving, or yeah, I would definitely say the standard of the football has improved a lot since season one. Um, and also, like as athletes, where we've gone through now, I personally have gone through three pre seasons and three seasons of football, so. We're getting stronger and a little bit more resilient to the training as well, so we're able to push our bodies a little bit more. And I've noticed that my recovery personally in three years has improved a lot. So sessions where I previously may have been really sore and, and things like that after it, I've come out okay compared to in season one and two where I would have been very sore after it and things like that. But the young girls coming through are extremely skillful footballers. So I think they've helped to really raise the standard of, of the skills in the game, the raw skills, uh, because they're girls that have played footy their whole life, so they've played underage football and come all the way through the pathways, whereas most of us were people that started playing either footy at a young age and then changed over to a sport where there was a pathway to maybe become an elite athlete or at least a part-time athlete, um, and then we've come back to football, or if you're like me, you hadn't even kicked a footy until you were 20 and then tried to sort of get as far as you could with it. Um, so, yeah, the exciting thing is the next few years, all these girls that are coming through um, that are being drafted are their footballers first and they're going to be very, very skillful and they're going to be the girls that are definitely taking my spot in the team because they're a lot more skilled than I am. So, yeah, it's, I'd say that the major change has been definitely the skill execution in the game. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That um, Kate, that actually leads us perfectly to to the next question that I was going to ask you actually, because I obviously had the privilege of sort of meeting you and knowing you uh, when you're actually yeah you didn't play any footy at all. You were just a gun touch footy player and you played cricket as well. Actually, um, AFL was not even involved in your life then at that stage. I don't think so. How did you actually end up sort of playing AFL in the first place? Um, and was it a game that you'd always liked, or that you just sort of saw people playing and were like I might be good at that and I'll go and tear that up just for something different? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, being from Brisbane, it wasn't a sport that was like ever really very broadcast even. Um, I remember the the Lions when they won their triple premiership. So that's probably the time where I heard most about AFL and kind of got on the bandwagon a little bit. Um, but yeah, apart from that, there was no real focus at all on AFL. It was all rugby league. And when I was a kid, I actually always wanted to be like one of the first women to play for the Broncos and I used to tell my dad I was like oh, I'm going to play for the Broncos and he's like oh well you can't because only guys play for the Broncos at the moment so and I was it's like yeah but one day white. like yeah and I, I like I told him I was like no I will play and he's like okay cool like good luck with that um, and then I think that's obviously why I played touch because it was the closest thing to footy um, that we could play at that uh, the higher level I suppose um, and then I was I was still really big into touch at the time and 
I went down with a mate of mine. She was playing AFL and she's like, oh, you should just come and train because it's so much fun and we do a fair bit of running, so it'd be good fitness for you anyway. And I was like, yeah, I'll come down and have a train. And um, I was so bad at kicking, like awful. Um, like I do, because my, my dad and I used to kick in the backyard, but we'd kick like rugby league kicks, so we'd put bombs up for one another, like yes, as high as yes. we could kick it. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I can kick pretty well. Like I've kicked before. <laughs> and I'd kick it, and I reckon like I'm pretty quick, but I, I could probably have run down the other end and caught the ball that I kicked because it went that high. <laughs> So it would have been all right for a key forward, but not much else in the game of footy. So I, I was just shocking. Like, yeah, yeah. right. Well, that, that certainly not gives, great. That certainly gives me and Leith a little bit of hope. We haven't, haven't exactly got a strong <laughs> kick, and I know in my <laughs> first season of, of Div Two down at the Bombers, there were a couple of occasions I, I kicked it and then had to chase my own footy as well. So that was that was perfect. <laughs> the only problem yeah. for us is that we've played for the same amount of time as Kate yeah. and she's actually good now and we yeah, still we, suck. We still suck. <laughs> that's, that's the only issue. You'll get there, boys. You'll get there. <laughs> I actually, like, Kate, I looked at one of your Instagram photos with your St Kilda long sleeve jersey on uh, the other day. By the way, are you going long sleeves only this season now that you're in Melbourne or do you reckon you're, there's still a there's still a role for the sleeveless in there somewhere, do you think? Uh, I don't know. See, I've, I've worn the sleeves for so long now that kind of feel comforting and, like, yeah. They look sick, so I'll yeah, probably they, keep with the long sleeve. Yeah, yeah. And they actually, like, even though they serve, like, they obviously serve a sun protection um, purpose when it's really hot, but I found that if I wet the sleeves of them with, like, ice-cold water, it actually keeps me cooler than a sleeveless jersey. Oh, it kind of retains hack for people. <laughs> yeah, and ours are, like, really – they're, like, rashies, the material that we play in. It's not like the men's where it's, like, that cotton – yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a rashy kind of material and it stays wet. And then if there's any wind or anything, it cools you down. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to stay with the longy. You've justified that well. I think I might go out and purchase one. Yeah, yeah, right. cool, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're skin tight, so you'll look great in it. Yeah, well, that is – that is well, <laughs> now you've definitely got me over the line. That's for sure. Um, the, the point I actually was going to make there, Kate, before I got well and truly sidetracked by the skin tight uh, shirts is that, is that I watched, I looked at a photo of you like that was mid-drop punt the other day uh, and you just had the ball so perfectly like straight up and down and I was just like, how does she do that? Like any photo of me that's mid-drop punt, the ball is literally landing on like the flat side. Like it yeah. just – Never looks aesthetically pleasing. So, Kate, that was one of the great well, photos. To be fair, that was a photo shoot, so there was absolutely no pressure anywhere on the field coming from any direction. So I'm actually so It was pleased. just me having a kick. <laughs> I'm so pleased okay. that you've come clean on that because that's just making me rest so much more easy. <laughs> it looked genuinely game-like. Yeah, they'd set it up well, but um, no, that was definitely just a photo shoot. So no. that ball probably went nowhere near where it needed to go. So. Yeah, well, that's perfect. If there was no targets to hit, then we'd be elite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, and Kate, I, I just wanted to go back to what we were chatting before about how you, you've obviously come over from, from touch footy. I wanted to ask if you sort of get the opportunity to play any, any touch these days. Um, or if you've sort of been forced into retirement, I, I actually, any cricket I actually hadn't played. I hadn't played in um, like years, probably since probably since I think my last season of touch was when I actually changed over to AFL because I was like, oh, this is touch is so much more boring than AFL at the time because mm-hmm. I'd I'd played it for so long. I'd sort of gotten to the point where it had grown a little bit stale. Like you know, when you do something over and over for the 
same result, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't think I can do this anymore. And, and AFL was such a, a fresh new thing for me. And on a field that's massive compared to a touch field, which is like six people in the space of 50 metres across, it just felt like there was so much more freedom. And it was really challenging because, like I said, I was pretty crap to start with. Um, but I actually got a message from Brooke Walker, who she played rugby sevens for Australia, um, used to play touch footy as well. I used to play with her. Yeah. Um, she now is in Melbourne playing for Carlton. She played uh, her first season last year and was really successful. Um, she actually sent me a message and said that there's um, her team. She's um, a player coach, so clearly big dog in the team. Um, she... <laughs> sent me a message to say that they play on a Sunday afternoon if I wanted to have a run. And I was like, um, I haven't played touch in about six years. But, yeah, sure, I'll give it a go. So I'm playing Sunday afternoon football now um, in Victoria. Okay. But, um, yeah, that's that's literally the first time I've played in, I think, about six or seven years. Yeah, right. There you go. Well, um, yeah, as, as, as tempting as, as it that sounds. We've we've also got a Monday Monday night mixed social comp up here, and we've got plenty of room for a ex Aussie under twenties female if you'd like to. Yeah, well, if I'm Brisbane. ever in town, yeah. 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 Well, we're, we're, I'm sure we've got plenty of coin floating around out. Yeah, the budget's actually not board. looking too yeah. bad. Fly a sponsors on board. Fly in, fly out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send through my social. manager's details, yeah. and you can <laughs> let them know. Absolutely, we're happy to have that chat. Listen, <laughs> oh, all right, Kate. So, anyone that does follow you on Instagram, and obviously many people should, very, very entertaining, great value. Um, but they would obviously know <laughs> that you do have a couple of interests outside of footy, um, and namely. Uh, your dog. <laughs> now, it's, it was quite a, as we were sort of researching, obviously we do some ridiculous research for these type of interviews so that we are very well prepared. And as we were, <laughs> the extent of our research is usually a Wikipedia page and looking at your Instagram profile. Uh, but we went above and beyond this time and actually looked at your dog's Instagram profile. Um, oh, he'll be happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he had more followers, like double the followers that I have on my personal <laughs> Instagram page. I was like, oh, this, how good is this dog? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, Kate, tell us, tell us what breed of dog. Your dog's named Nacho, which I think is unbelievable. You're going to have to tell us how sort of that. It makes me quite hungry every time I think of it, but you're going to have to tell us sort of how you got that name. I don't actually know how I came up with it, to be honest. I think I was like going with the food team because he, he is a mini dash hound. So and I didn't want to name him Frank because every single person that has a mini dash hound seems to think that Frank is an original name for them. Um, shout out to anyone who's got a dash hound called yeah. Frank. Yeah, <laughs> um, a, oh, dear, we're going to get abused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, um, yeah, so Nacho came about. I don't, yeah, I really don't know how, but. So he's like nearly four now, um, and yeah, he loves his Instagram. He oh, he is strong. loves a good photo. He's very loves photogenic. A good photo. actually. Yeah, right. yeah, well, the trick is like he's obsessed with his ball, so like chases it everywhere. Always has to know where it is. So if you ever want a good photo of him, you just have the ball, and he'll look directly at the camera if you hold it right where you need him to look. So that's a little hack for anyone that has dogs out there. Just get their favorite treat or whatever. That is um, brilliant. Love hack again. Straight down the barrel. Oh, how good that's a secret again the same as like the long long sleeve jersey thing we're just <laughs> delivering life hacks here we're gonna have to start a new podcast strictly life hacks with kate mccarthy <laughs> with all two of our life hacks that's fine yeah well that's a start <laughs> okay perfect uh so yeah if he kills it and he obviously is does he get to come and watch you play footy does he know his mum's like decent at sport or would that be he'd be pretty unaware do you reckon Oh, I think pretty unaware. I think if he comes to a game, he thinks most people are there to see him because he, <laughs> he thinks he's 
yeah, he thinks he's pretty insta famous. Um, I think he refers to himself as an influencer. So, uh, yeah, so he's got some big names. Pet Barnes on board. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. God, pet food's expensive. Yeah, that's true. Actually, true. Very fair. We, need, we need to get yeah, some sponsorship deal there if he's an influencer. <laughs> um, and Kate, we've spoken a little bit about your your sort of media ventures, um, and I know you've you've done a little bit of commentary in the past. Um, I wanted to ask if you've had any any sort of major major blunders or if it's been fairly smooth sailing because uh, Lee and I actually made our, our commentary debut last week in a, mm. a game of cricket. I think it was the, the one the first grade one day grand final up here in Brisbane, um, and we we spent about two or three overs trying to figure out the bowler's name, <laughs> yeah, bowler's <laughs> first name on air, <laughs> which was on air. So not ideal. Yeah, we have To be fair, we were left. Like hanging, there was just we were left out to dry there. No one came to take, yeah. tell us his name. <laughs> <laughs> not one person. We we're trying to buffer for two overs. Um, I'd say yeah, I did have one blunder. So I think um, so. Last year I did a bit of special comments, and the year before I've done boundary as well. Um, and there was a late change. I was doing boundary this day, and there was a late change, and I was reading out the interchange list. And um, as I was up to like, the four, obviously there's four on the bench and I'd read out the first three and then I was like, and the final player coming in for whoever it was of the day is, and then my phone like shit itself and just turned off. Oh, no. And I was just like, I just had that like moment where you're just like, oh God. Oh. And like you're trying to think, because you, you know the name, but it's not there when you're trying to get it. And I was like, oh my God, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? And then I was just like, oh Sorry, I just can't quite get that at the moment. Back to you, boy. <laughs> Sorry, like, that player's not actually attending the game today. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and I was like, uh, and then I was catching up because I used to do a radio show in Brisbane and I was catching up with the two guys that um, were on the show the next day and I was like, and they're like seasoned radio professionals. Mm. And I stupidly told them that I stuffed it up and because obviously they're on Triple and they have access to everything. Oh, and I get in and they're like, uh, now you made a bit of a blunder on the weekend and you told us about it. And then on the show, they like replayed it. And I was like, Oh, oh <laughs> like, yeah, so if you want the, that's... like, if you want the audio, it's out there somewhere. Well, we, uh... Uh, so yeah, that was, that was, I felt like it was horrible. And then when I did replay it, I was like, Oh, I actually handled it. Okay. Like it could have been a lot worse, but you know, just at the time you're just so embarrassed. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I have so, so much come back from to, here. That's probably different to where you saved it well, whereas when we listen back, we're like, nope, that's just as bad as we thought it was. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. And we were stupid enough to post it on our own social media so anyone can, can get a hold of it. <laughs> mm, that's Alice, actually yeah. really not hard to find yeah. at yeah. all, <laughs> given that we posted it. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, very true. Um, oh, dear. Um, <laughs> all right, Kate, we obviously know that you were sort of a PE and mathematics teacher. I, w- I was wondering, um, with that math sort of back, Ground. Do you find that that sort of helps you to uh, in your sporting endeavours? Have you ever sort of really been thankful for the fact that you studied maths? It helps with stats. It actually definitely helps with stats. And because I'm someone that likes numbers, I don't find them. Some girls find, I guess, looking at full stats a little bit overwhelming and things like that. But but like in St Kilda, we have that many girls that are geniuses. Like we have two girls that are electrical engineers. We have another girl that's studying biomed. I think two girls are studying my biomed. So 
Like, I thought I was quite cluey in Brisbane, and now that I've come down here, I'm like, well, everyone's definitely a lot smarter than I am, <laughs> so I'll just sit up the back and, <laughs> so and be the funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> and in trivia nights, you're actually not going to offer that much that anyone else would have not known. Yeah, well, we did have a trivia night early when I moved down, and there was a whole heap of music trivia, and I know, like, probably the lyrics to most songs that have ever been written. Um, That's a first so I was, I was very course. good value. <laughs> yeah, very good value there. So. It's right. just another segment I did, just Kate on and sing this song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, okay. One one idea for your for your maths degree that you might, if you ever want to put it to use, is there's plenty of room on the skin stats segment over here. At we got the chocolates. Um, yeah, absolutely. Very fair. Skin's inundated with emails. Usually yeah. asking him to like get the stats on something, just ridiculous ones. His rugby world cup tipping is. We've had oh, some yeah. random yeah, ones. Haven't it's been it? going strong. Kate might feature in some. You did one this. You did one this year on sort of like the most accurate goal kickers in the AFL. We'll do one on the uh, on the women's AFL as well. Get Kate McKenzie's yeah, goal kicking accuracy. Still wouldn't yeah. feature in that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe most bounces per meter run. Oh, that would probably yeah. be me. Jeez, you love a bounce, actually. Love yeah. a useless bounce. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kate get the ball, good. take two steps, have a bounce. She bounces it. You are allowed to run sort of <laughs> 10 metres. Kate's like, yeah, it's two, that's close enough. We'll have a bounce. That's yeah. impressive. I reckon I've, I've had maybe two bounces in my entire career and fumbled them both. So, yeah, we'll probably put that one away. <laughs> I'm quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, and, Kate, I just wanted to ask you about another sort of impressive, uh, maybe, maybe little known fact, certainly I didn't know. Um, that you're also the first person to be playing AFL with a, a cardiac pacemaker, which you've had yeah. since you were yeah. 10 years old, I'm told. Um, how, yes, how was that's that, right. Yeah, how, how has that affected your, your sporting endeavours? How does that come about? Tell us about about your condition, I suppose, if you've got one. Yeah, yeah so... Um, <laughs> she just got it in for fun. Well, one, of the, one of the guys I was interviewed on Triple M, he's actually a really good mate of mine, he called it a disability once. And I was like, ah... Jeez. I'm <laughs> Slightly strongly worded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I don't know right. if that's the correct classification, but... Uh. Yeah, right. I'm, not, I'm not sure I've really got it right there either, but hopefully... Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Just be confident, guys. Everyone be confident and you can pass it. Um, so, yeah, well, basically, um, when I was pretty young I'd I think my first time when I was like about four I'd just have like pass out basically and it would look like I was having an epileptic seizure but first they thought I had epilepsy and then did all the tests and everything and it turned out that I actually had like a heart blockage that would it was pretty intermittent so now and again my heart would just stop beating and it was most common that would happen of at night um so I wore like a monitor and it sort of found out that my heart would stop seven or eight times a night during the night but because I was already sort of unconscious and it would restart itself and things like that. So it wasn't it wasn't something that they really felt like they needed to do much with because I was such a young age. Um, so I think it was probably on average every couple of years I'd have another seizure and they'd sort of do a little bit more investigating and, and work out that there was not much that they could do. And then I think when I was 10 was the first I'd ever heard my cardiologist talk about um, putting a pacemaker in and, I really had no idea what it was and I was so young. It was, I think, definitely a blessing. If I was going through stuff like that now, it would be a lot more confronting. Mm. Um, and then one day when I was 12, um, I had a seizure at school and then I had a seizure in the ambulance. I had another one in the emergency department and just it just kept going and going. And I think I had like eight or nine in that one day. 
Um, and then the next day they decided to, yeah, just do emergency surgery and put a pacemaker in. So, like I said, I really didn't know much about what was going on. Um, it would have been like really confronting for my parents now that I like every time I sort of ask this question, I'm like, I can't imagine what it would have been like for mum and dad at that point. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm really blessed that I was so young at the time. Um, I didn't really understand the gravity of any of it really. I just, I think the first thing I asked when I had the surgery, I had state titles for touch in like six weeks and all I wanted to know is whether I'd be able to play um, in that comp. <laughs> so yeah, I really had no idea what was going on. <laughs> like, And then I was told that I'd never be able to play contact sport because it, I guess if there's impact on the pacemaker, it can cause, cause damage to it because it just sits basically under, um, under the skin, just in my chest. Um, so it is pretty close to the surface of the skin. And then I went to this AFL training session and I really liked it. And I was like, oh, it's all good. I'll only be able to train anyway. Um, and then the team was really short that week. And I was like, oh, I can't play. Like, I'm not allowed to play. And they're like, oh, we're really, really short. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just stand in like full forward or something and just be like a body on the field. And they're like, yeah, that's great. And then I reckon I was standing in the full forward position for like 30 seconds. I was like, well, the ball's not coming down here, so I'm probably going to go find the ball. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, knowing your competitive nature, I cannot I'm imagine so you competitive. would stand there and do nothing. Yeah, no way. Um, and then after that game, I was like, oh, that was awesome. Like, I need to go and see my cardiologist and see what he said. Because um, I knew, like, he's a pretty young doctor and was basically would have said yeah or no either way, um, and that would have been it. So I went there and he was like, oh, look, I'm actually happy to clear you to play. Um, the only time I've seen uh, like a pacemaker damaged has been in like a high-speed car accident and I don't think that's like going to be sufficient force on an AFL field. So he actually ended up clearing me and I was like, oh, cool, like, I can play footy now. And, um, and yeah, and then when I did first get drafted, um, the doctor at the Lions, he didn't tell me this till after, but it took probably a month or two for me to actually be cleared by the AFL to play. Um, it wasn't until <clears throat> my cardiologist actually wrote a letter to say that he'd given me clearance for it. Cause I think obviously there was like a little bit of a liability issue there if anything was to happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, it actually was a bit touch and go for the first couple of months after I got drafted that I might not be able to play. Um, but, they ended up, yeah, letting me play and it was all cleared. So I guess in a way I was quite lucky that I did get the chance in the end. Yeah. And no effects now, okay? Like it's not something that hinders you at all? No, not at all. Um, so I just go for my checkup probably once a year. Um, and, yeah, apart from that, I, I guess the only other time that I have to mention it is when I'm at the airport. But day to day, I don't notice it. Don't, there's nothing that really stops me from doing anything. I like to blame it on the fact that I have no aerobic capacity. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to just keep doing that and just be like, oh, look, I'm not going to do a very good 2K time trial because I've actually got a pacemaker. Exactly. That's how I try to still get out of things from the knee reconstruction I had in 2009. I'm like, nah, I can't really do that. Yeah. Knee reconstruction. So, yeah. Yeah, the only difference yeah. is you use that to try and get out a lot doing the dishes, which doesn't. Doesn't make any sense at all. Well, <laughs> skin, it can get actually quite overbearing uh, yeah. standing at the sink for a long time. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, oh, right. Kate, you have, uh, you have absolutely been magnificent, Kate. We probably should let you go because we, we weren't going to uh, take this much of your time. But um, but when do people, when do we get to see you put on the St Kilda long sleeve Guernsey? Uh, so pre-season will start in, I think, the second week of November now that we just got the CBA all fixed up. So um, pre-season will start in the next couple of weeks. 
And then um, the season itself, the fixture, I think, gets released in the next few days. Um, so, yeah, we'll know for sure in the next few days that the normal start date is around the first weekend of February. So we're really hoping as a club that we'll have our first game at home because it'll be the first time footy has been played at Moorabbin in a long, long time. So it'll give hardcore Saints fans um, a bit of a homecoming, I guess, bringing football back to Moorabbin. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the first weekend of February we're out wearing the colours and are playing at Moorabbin in That's front of a fair few thousand people. And obviously, Kate, because you know every word to every song, you've already got sort of the the uh, theme song sorted, Oh, When the Saints. Yeah, look, it's not many words. It's the same <laughs> thing over and over. Actually, when I when I signed my contract, I was like, oh, I've got to learn the Saints song now. And, and so I, I looked it up on YouTube and I was like, listened to it probably once. And I was like, all right, well, I know yeah, the Saints yeah, song now. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> underwhelming. And yeah, into the second yeah. verse, I'll just repeat the yeah, first. which is the same thing as yeah, the first verse. Right. Well, which song would you go to, Kate, if we had to put you on the spot and you were going straight to a karaoke session, a little Monday karaoke session right now, uh, what song Ooh. do you reckon you're opening with? Oh, it depend on the crowd, but probably my go-to is like Without Me by Eminem because they're really surprised that like a little white female can rap it all. So, yeah, that's uh, usually my um, I'm here. I'm here for a karaoke song. Okay, <laughs> you would have no possible way of knowing this, but the person that you are speaking to right now, that's not me, uh, Mitch is the biggest Eminem fan of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely loves him. Like we had it, we sort of put something up on our podcast social media of him doing like the supersonic speed part to rap God. Uh, so he would definitely be down for some sort of duet without <laughs> me. Still, definitely. Yeah, we'll have to get it going sometime. When I come up for Monday Night Social, we'll go. Um, <laughs> And hit up the karaoke bars. That's right. There we go. <laughs> We're sorted. We've got so many things to do in Kate's short trip to Brisbane. <laughs> Play touch, teach us how to kick, and get into a karaoke bar. And start three other podcasts. And three other podcasts. <laughs> Kate's life hacks. Magnificent. Kate, you've been so good. You've been amazing to talk to. We thank you so much for coming on. And uh, and obviously we look forward to following uh, the season and how you go and uh, getting skin to keep some stats for you. If you ever need that, then just let us know. Yeah, no worries. They're very underwhelming, so they won't be that hard to keep. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be an easy one for you. <laughs> uh, outstanding. Thank you so much, Kate. No worries. Talk to you soon. No gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Oh, right. That was our interview with Kate McCarthy, guys. Uh, we really, really enjoyed talking to her and uh, we hope that you liked it. Uh, obviously, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you did like it, uh, don't forget to rate and review, obviously. Uh, if you have any feedback or ideas for us, please send an email to our new email address, which is hello at wegotthechocolates.com.au. Mitch, we obviously want people to continue to loiter around our socials, don't we? We do, yeah. We've got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Um, just search for We Got The Chocolates and, yeah, continue to, to sort of send in send in any stories you've got from your from your sporting ventures over the weekend. We, we enjoy hearing from you and we love speaking about you, so. Absolutely, we do. Uh, that's all we got time for this time. We'll, we'll speak to you again next week. Thank you. See ya.